Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahedy. On the program, we continue the weekly look at the world of agriculture and food a new minister was appointed to the agriculture, food and the marine portfolio this week, just three weeks into the new administration. We look at reducing the carbon footprint in conjunction with the Board Beer Producer Report. We update the current nutrition on dairy farms and how best to avoid a midsummer production slump. A weekly Tagusk advisory discusses the end of the breeding season. As usual, Farm Talk's John O'Connor is looking at stories which make the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. First, a new Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine was appointed on Wednesday by the Taoiseach Micheál Martin. Derek Leary replaces Barry Cowan, who had become embroiled in controversy over a drink-driving offence in 2016. Minister Cowan was relieved of his duties just over a fortnight after being appointed. Micheál Martin faced increased scrutiny in the Dáil over his sacking of Barry Cowan. The Taoiseach defended voting down proposals on Tuesday that would have brought Mr Cowan into the Dáil to answer questions on his drink-driving offence. Micheál Martin said he wanted Barry Cowan to do so voluntarily and when he refused he was sacked. The Taoiseach says he gave Mr Cowan every chance to address the issue. Sunday Times reports last weekend that Barry Cowan had tried to evade Gardaí at a checkpoint, a claim the Offaly TD strongly rejects and is seeking to have the record corrected on the matter, had propelled the controversy to the top of the political spotlight again. Barry Cowan had addressed the Dáil last week and apologised for what he called a stupid, stupid mistake over four years ago. Having taken on the Agriculture, Food and Marine portfolio temporarily, Taoiseach Micheál Martin confirmed to the Dáil on Wednesday that Derek Leary is his new minister. He was aggrieved at being overlooked as a minister in the new government almost three weeks ago. He had been appointed Chief Whip. Farm Talk's John O'Connor has more now on the appointment. Key priorities facing Minister Caleri will be mitigating the impact of COVID-19 on the sector, ensuring that new cap funding post-2023 will be increased or at the very least maintained in terms of inflation. Promises made to farmers in the programme for government have to be fulfilled. The implementation of a just fair deal nursing home scheme linked to an early retirement plan which would not decimate the assets of the family farm built up over generations needs urgent action to tie up all of the outstanding impediments which have blocked the scheme consistently. During his brief tenure, Minister Caleri's predecessor committed the government to a 1.5 billion euro rep scheme, Rural Environmental Protection Scheme. Will this new reps be funded by the Irish taxpayer or can it be part of the post-2023 cap budget? 
At this point, carbon taxes are seen as a reps funding option. Will there be a trade deal between the European Union and the United Kingdom? Preparedness for several possible variations must figure in Minister Caleri's and the Irish government's calculations. More immediately, getting the €50 million Euro support money for beef into farmers' hands is on his checklist, even though things are looking up for the beef sector just now. Marrying food production expansion in line with Foodwise 2030 must be reconciled with EU cap budget links, environmental sustainability and green targets. All of the farm organisations would welcome any contribution a food ombudsman would make towards price transparency. With his Mayo West of Ireland roots, it's just possible that the gradual decline of the Irish family farm might be slowed or even halted. With the COVID-19 virus and the emergence of AMR, antimicrobial resistance, the vital importance of traceability and locally produced family farm food will be better understood. Selective dry cow therapy, more focused animal health remedies, call for urgent action by our new Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Dara Caleri, TD. There would have to be no shortage whatsoever of funding to promote all aspects of combating AMR, antimicrobial resistance, ensuring good animal welfare and healthy food. In coming days, all of the farm organisations and rural groups will no doubt have their own individual checklists. The big difference for this minister is he will be in office, as understood, during the Brexit endgame. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. IFA President Tim Cullinan congratulated the new Minister for Agriculture, Derek Leary, on his appointment. He said the association is looking forward to working with the new minister to harness the full potential of the farming sector. He said it's important the new minister hits the ground running. EU Council this weekend is absolutely crucial for Irish farming. The minister must stress the importance of this to the Taoiseach, who's representing Ireland at the meeting. The €50 million Covid beef payment must get out to farmers as a matter of urgency, he said. Tim Cullinan also wished former Minister Cowan and his family all the best for the future. ICMSA is impressing on the Minister the need for sustainable farm incomes to be delivered and to be central to the new government's policy. Associations set out priorities that need to be addressed, including the need for a full-funded cap, at least maintaining the existing budget with a strong focus on active farmers, the need for a Brexit free trade agreement to be in place by the end of year, and if not, that the income of farmers are protected from the fallout as well as the immediate establishment of the Food Ombudsman Office. The importance of the light export trade was also highlighted and the critical need to maintain the nitrates derogation and the need for a new rep scheme to be inclusive of all farmers with participation of at least 70,000 farmers. The first test of government will be to secure a cap budget at least maintained at current levels, according to ICMSA. ICSA President Edmund Feeland welcomed the appointment of Derek Cleary as Minister and looks forward to forging a strong working relationship with a focus on delivering economic sustainability to cattle and sheep farmers along with environmental benefits for all. ICSA is adamant a suckler-based application for EU Protected Geographical Indication, PGI, is vital for the survival of the sector. Suckler beef must be developed and promoted as a special high-value product and ICSA will be vigorously opposing the inclusion of all beef in the pursuit of such a protected status. The Minister must deliver total transparency in the food chain and ensure neither processor nor retailer can abuse their dominant position. To this end, ICSA is insisting the promised foods ombudsman is installed without delay. 
A new reps type scheme is also a must. ICSA calling for a trebling of the current gloss budget to facilitate such a scheme, given the number of farmers it would hope to attract. A new and improved sheep welfare scheme must also be top of the agenda for the Minister. ICMSA has welcomed the June milk price increase from Glenbia, Ireland, as the base milk price is to go up by 1.68 cent per litre to 29.68 cent per litre. Including the monthly share of profit, the new total of 30.1 CPL is in line with market returns and expectation. ICMSA Dairy Committee Chair Jar Quayne has asked all purchasers to pay at least 30 cent a litre for June milk as the dairy market had clearly shown a recovery from the falls of early May. Other co-ops are due to set their milk price over the coming week and serious questions will be asked of those who do not come up to 30 cent a litre according to the ICMSA. IFA also said that 30 cent a litre is the minimum farmers need for June milk after the increases by Glanbia and Lakeland after what's been a very challenging year of volatile markets and rising costs and urged all other co-ops to follow the example. Farm Talk on C103. The Tagusk Virtual Beef Week 2020 concluded on Friday evening, July 10th. A live forum was moderated by Thea Hennessy, Professor of Agri-Food Economics at UCC, focusing on the grand challenges facing the Irish beef sector. Participants included the former Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Barry Cowan, the IFA President, Tim Cullinan, Mairead McGuinness MEP and Director of Tiagusk, Professor Jerry Boyle. Minister Cowan acknowledged low family farm incomes is still the biggest challenge facing the beef industry. He confirmed that he had hoped to finalise the €50 million Euro COVID support scheme for beef finishers soon, with the payments being made later this year. Murray McGuinness said the recently published Farm to Fork strategy reflects changed societal concerns in relation to the impact of agriculture on the environment, animal health and welfare and human health. Tim Cullinan said key challenges facing the Irish beef industry currently include cap reform, Brexit, the EU Mercosur trade deal and low beef prices. The recently published Tagus National Farm Survey showed the large dependence of beef farmers on direct payments and subsidies to support incomes. Professor Jerry O'Boyle, director of Tiagusk, said Irish farmers will have to look at what they can control inside their farm gate in terms of improving their technical performance. Farm management, practice changes and new technologies can consistently improve beef margins across all farm scales. The Tagusk Virtual Beef Week, sponsored by FBD Trust, took place across the week from Monday the 6th to Friday the 10th of July. The theme of the event was building a sustainable beef sector. And the entire content can be viewed at tiagas.ie forward slash virtual beef week. IFA has announced an initiative to gather evidence to force an investigation into the beef or any farming sector where there's potential anti-competitive behaviour adversely affecting farmers. Competition and Consumer Protection Commission recently advised IFA that it would not investigate alleged anti-competitive practices in the beef sector. This was despite receiving countless complaints. The main reason given was that they called a lack of evidence and, in particular, documentary evidence. Tim Cullinan said it's time to take on the vested interests, which have to be held to account. CCPC has considerable investigative powers under relevant legislation, but they have refused to use the powers to try and obtain any evidence of price fixing by beef or other processors or retailers. IFA wants people to come forward in confidence to help build a file. Viable evidence will be used to force the CCPC to carry out an investigation or IFA can consider pursuing a private prosecution. 
While negotiations are ongoing in relation to a free trade agreement between the EU and UK, there's a huge level of uncertainty in relation to the outcome and indeed the impact on specific sectors, whether an agreement is concluded or not. Pat McCormack says the Irish agri-food sector remains particularly exposed, with the primary producer likely to bear the biggest brunt. IFA welcomed the proposed Brexit reserve fund of €5 billion Euro for countries worst affected by the UK departure. Tim Cullinan says the IFA has always said there would have to be a dedicated EU Brexit contingency fund to deal with all scenarios, up to a no-deal outcome, as it would devastate our sector. Ireland South MEP Sean Kelly says there's an urgent need to improve Ireland's port system post-Brexit. He's glad the EU now understands Ireland's unique difficulty in gaining access to the single market, but says the long-term solution must be tackled as well. While he welcomed Ross Lear's plans for the Europort redevelopment, Mr Kelly says that it won't be enough on its own. That is going to be essential because we will need more direct links with the continent. And I'm going to be calling for funding for the other ports as well, uh, Cork, Fines, Waterford, all those ports, because they have huge potential. Either way, post-Brexit, because the United Kingdom is going to have left the European Union, we will need much more direct access IFA says land prices are rising, driven by substantial demand from a significant Muslim festival of Eid al-Adha, which begins on July 30th. Factories have increased quoted prices and paid prices this week to get lambs. Some processors are talking to suppliers and groups trying to pin down numbers and supplies right up to early August to be able to service demand for Eid. Lower volumes of New Zealand imports in the UK and across the European Union has left the market short. Farm Talk on C103. Next, I'm joined by Farm Talk's John O'Connor, where we discuss climate warming mitigation and the link with sustainable farming, cutting greenhouse gas emissions and the carbon footprint. Everyone's aware of the need to reduce the impact of the carbon footprint generated by all types of human activity, including farming, on the environment and ultimately our climate. Bourdbia have recently developed a producer report to help farmers reduce CF carbon footprint. John. That's correct, Barry. The Board Beer Producer Report identifies which factors are affecting the carbon footprint, CF, and greenhouse gas emissions, GHCs, and it offers a better understanding of how to reduce these harmful CF, carbon footprint, and GHC, greenhouse gas emissions. Reducing the carbon footprint and greenhouse gas emissions would be core elements in promoting sustainability in farming and survival of farming into the longer term. Writing in the July 2020 Dairy Gold magazine, Milk Matters, Ms Kira Donovan, Farm Sustainability Advisor, Dairy Gold Supply Chain, recalls that since March 2020, all Dairy Gold milk suppliers have had carbon footprint information printed on their monthly milk statement. That reflects the importance that carbon emissions now play within the dairy industry. The information on the monthly milk statement gives the milk supplier an overall idea of their own performance in relation to other suppliers. And the board be a producer report. Is this a very long and detailed volume? What size is the report? 
Farmers are extremely busy and clarity would be essential to get the report's recommendation across. The Board Be A Producer report is actually a rather short five to seven page report which milk suppliers will receive following their SCAS audit. This report utilises all the information collated during the SCAS audit. It presents it in a user-friendly format designed to help producers to better understand which factors are having the most effect on driving their carbon footprint, the CF. Now, feedback is also provided within each section explaining how to become more sustainable within that management practice. So could you summarise the overall aim of the board be a producer report? Well, the overall aim of the report is to help milk producers to easily identify which factors to improve on in order to reduce their own carbon footprint and increase their farm efficiency. Further information and detailed analysis of the report by Ms. Kira Donovan, Dairy Gold Farm Sustainability Advisor, Supply Chain Division, Dairy Gold, writing in the July edition of the Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine. So the board be a producer report outlining how practical action can be taken to sustain farming and reduce adverse climate change. Yes, Barry, sustainable farming, the roadmap, as it were. Farm Talk on C103. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Tagusk Advisory. Mark Tracy joins us to discuss the end of the breeding season. And I began by asking Mark what stage farmers should give this their consideration. Well, I suppose, Barry, really each farmer will individually have to look at this decision and decide themselves when are they willing to calve cows into next spring. Like, realistically, at this stage, if we're breeding cows around the 20th of July, that's going to, to run into the 1st of May, given a kind of a longer gestation period of some of the, the beef bulls that will be used um, at, at this time of year. To many farmers, that is probably too late. And in that case, they need to pull the bulls. In other, in other cases, they, they might be willing to go on a little bit longer. But just be conscious of, of how long this breeding season is going to drag out at the other end. 
Like nationally, about 27% of cows would be calving in the April to June period. And really for a, a compact spring calving type system that a lot of, uh, a lot of farmers in uh, Cork would be trying to, to run, this really isn't, isn't, isn't a great idea. We know that compact calving drives profitability in the, the spring milk system. It allows us to match our feed demand to grass growth and I suppose ultimately it allows us to maximise the lactation length of, of the cows off a fairly cheap feed source. More Park Research would say that for every increase, um, 1% increase in your six-week calving rate, it's worth about €8.22 per cow to you. So while the national average has been improving over the last few years, it's still sitting at about 65% versus the actual target, which would be uh, 80%. So if we take, say, an average type herd of about 80 cows, for every 5% increase in six-week calving rate, that farmer should be expecting an increase in profitability of um, a little over €3,000. Or if they were to actually continue to improve uh, and reach the, the target 80%, there, there's nearly €10,000 extra profitability there uh, from that system. And what's driving the increased profitability from compact calving herds? So I suppose the big thing really is um, we're trying to maximise lactation length and do it off, off our, I suppose our cheapest feed source, which is grass we look at a cow that calves in January or February, we can get that cow to achieve a 305-day uh, lactation and still turn off the parlour in, I suppose, sometime around the 15th of December, which really, I think, uh, most farmers in this system do try and, and switch off the parlour before Christmas. The problem is, if we move into cows calving in March and April, these cows uh, don't get to realise their potential if the parlour is being switched off um, in that kind of pre-Christmas time frame. Even though they might have the potential to produce an awful lot of milk, they're never going to realise that potential uh, simply because they don't end up with enough days in milk. A good way that a farmer can visually see this is any of them that are milk recording. There's a, a useful report comes there uh, with the milk recordings just showing which cows in the herd are profitable kind of, or unprofitable. And if you look at the red list, the unprofitable list, these tend to be later calvers. Uh, so like, that's just demonstrating that the cows aren't, aren't really supplying um, as much as the, as the ordinary calvers. But does it really matter if a farmer is willing to milk through the winter period? Well, I suppose uh, that's probably the, the biggest argument you'll get back uh, from a farmer when you start discussing this. Like Milking through does allow late calvers to achieve their full lactation length. But what a farmer needs to bear in mind is while they will produce their full lactation potential, it's now being done um, with a much higher feed cost. Because the cows are going to be milking through the winter period, they're going to be on a higher level of silage. The silage is probably going to have to be a higher quality as well. And then there's going to be additional concentrate being fed as well to, to drive the milk production and sustain the cow. Um, so by not having the feed demand matched to, to grass growth, it's, it's adding cost to the system. Uh, like a May calver would probably produce about 20% of its milk after the 15th of December and probably with a feed cost of roughly €100 Euro more than a February calver. That's due to approximately an extra tonne of silage being fed or an extra, uh, plus an extra 350 kilos of, of ration. And Mark, where compact calving isn't being achieved, how do you suggest rectifying the problem? Well, definitely, Barry, the first thing any farmer needs to do if they're, if they're looking at addressing this is they need to work out why is it actually happening on their herd. So is it the genetics are poor? Maybe they have very, very poor fertility in their herd and that is, is leading to problems and leading to maybe carry over cows, cows 
just not going back in calf uh, quickly after calving. It could be their their own management, their breeding management. Perhaps they're not very good at heat detection, um, tail painting. Maybe they need to do more um, veterinary interventions at the start of the breeding season to check that uh, the cows are, are in good condition to, to uh, actually go in calf. Perhaps it's a nutritional um, issue. Uh, maybe uh, feed quality in terms of silage isn't, isn't good enough. Maybe the cows are coming out of the dry period a little bit too thin, those sort of issues. And then finally, like there's also disease uh, problems. And, and certainly disease running, running through the herd can, can cause significant problems with fertility. And in a lot of cases, it could be a combination of, of little bits of each of, of those points. So if a farmer is going to go uh, addressing the issue and trying to make the, the herd more compact, it is going to, in the short term, have, have a, quite a significant cost associated with it. So, therefore, they need to be careful that they're not just going to slip back into the old situation again um, afterwards. So they need to figure out why it's happening. The next thing I'd say is they need to set realistic targets. So it's fine to say, oh, all the cows should calve in maybe 10 weeks or that kind of way. But for many herds, that's just not realistic to do um, in the short term. So perhaps it could be as simple as saying, for 2021, we're not going to calve any cows in May. And then in 2022, we might bring that date back to the 15th of April. And maybe the following year, we might come back to that there's no April calvers. But again, that's for the farmers to decide on, on what's appropriate. Uh, I suppose the first thing is, if you don't want cows calving um, beyond a certain date, is you need to stop breeding. Is probably the, the simplest way. But obviously, that can, that can create problems with a, a lack of in-calf animals for the next lactation if fertility is poor in the herd. So that needs to be looked at. Probably the easiest way to make a herd more compact quickly is to introduce more heifers into the system. Uh, heifers tend to be higher fertility anyway. They tend to be calving earlier in the in the calving season, so they have every every, um, every chance of getting calving a second time early as well. Bringing in heifers, possibly they're on farm already, and the farmer has has a bit of flexibility that he can bring them in. Um, it may be it may be a case that they need to buy in heifers and. Um, that's also something that could be looked at, perhaps selling some of the latest calving cows and replacing them with heifers. Just, I suppose, the one, the one thing there to, to be aware of is the disease risk um, if it is a closed herd with uh, bringing in new animals. Very, very important for the farmer to consider the cash flow implications um, in the short term. In reality, these herds will probably need to milk through the winter period in the short term. Um, Non-calf cows will produce probably an extra couple of litres per day for their final um, 200 days of lactation. So drawing them off could come at quite a, a financial cost to the system. One other option that some farmers are looking at is they're going to continue breeding beyond the date at which they're happy to calve cows. They, they will sell those animals in, in springtime. And very often there is, is quite a good market for those later calving animals. But finally then, is, is compact calving not just going to put the farmer under even more pressure in that springtime? That's definitely a huge consideration that the farmer needs to take on board. Like We know it drives more profitability, which is all, all well and good, but it also increases the workload at that time of year if you have a lot more cows calving in a short period of time. Now, what I would say to that is you have a lot of, I suppose, time to be getting ready for the period. If a farmer scans in August, finds out he's going to have very, very uh, compact calving in, in the springtime, he needs to go away and actually put the protocols in place that he can handle it. Little things like, are there going to be enough calving pens? Is there going to be enough space for newborn calves? 
do they need to employ more labour to help? Would it be possible to maybe arrange for calves to be moved off farm at two weeks of age to be at a contract rearer or to a purchaser? All these things need to be looked at. Like to me, while in the short term, yes, there is a, a huge spike of, of work at a time of year when already the workload is large. What it does do is it very much simplifies the system for the rest of the year. So in terms of, say, vaccinating groups of animals, dosing groups, managing different uh, bunches of young stock, because they're uh, compact in calving, they're all very similar age group and it's a lot easier to manage them. And also then, I suppose, if you don't have late calving cows, it means when you get to the breeding season, calving is finished, and it's much easier to concentrate on breeding rather than having to juggle calving cows and breeding at the same time. Thanks to Mark Tracy Tiagask with our weekly advisory. IFA has said farmers are disappointed with the decision by Ornua to amend its purchasing price index. Tim Cullinan said farmers can't understand the increased allocation for processing costs despite the investments made in modern processing facilities. With over 50% more milk going through more modern plants, farmers cannot understand how costs are increasing when increased throughput should reduce them. IFA has consistently communicated to Ornua at the board table and at top level the serious concerns of farmers who feared the review would take away from the transparency of the PPI. Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Senator Pippa Hackett, has announced publication of her department's annual Forest Statistics Report 2020. It's the annual compilation of statistics on the forest estate and the forestry sector in Ireland. The programme for government makes a clear commitment to forestry and woodland habitat creation. In 2019, €89.9 million was spent by the department on forest activities, including afforestation, maintenance grants, annual premium payments and grants for forest road infrastructure. Cork had the highest afforestation rate at 423 hectares. Conifer species are the dominant species and they represent 71.2% of forest area, while broadleaf species account for 28.7%. Farmers have accounted for 81% of private land afforested between 1980 and 2019. The Forest Statistics reports available on the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine website. Tiagask has published the revised Green Book containing major and micronutrient advice for productive agricultural crops, as well as new nutrient advice for grass clover swards. Promoting good soil fertility and nutrient management advice for increased farm productivity, profitability and environmental sustainability is a cornerstone of Tiagask activities. The Green Book's been revised this year and provides up-to-date cutting-edge information for farmers, advisors, agronomists and the wider agricultural industry, backed by the latest research and science. Next, Whitegate-based Walls Honest Chips has secured a 12-month contract with Aldi worth €1 million to supply the product to 142 Irish stores. It's made exclusively from highest-quality potatoes and beef dripping, providing the authentic chipper chips taste at home. The owner, Kieran Wall, has been telling me about their progress. We probably launched with Aldi there in December last year and we had a, was a, a good start, I suppose, given everything there going into Christmas and that was, I suppose, to be fair. If anything, the lockdown probably, I suppose, it probably helped us in a way, if anything, because I suppose people were, were at home and that and I suppose a lot of restaurants and the chippers would have been closed and that, so people were, were really looking at the retail outlets for, for something new and something different. So we were, I suppose, we were lucky in that. And just in terms of what you're doing with Aldi, 
You went in as part of the Grow With Aldi Supplier Development Programme. Tell me a little bit about that, Kieran, because it seems like a very, very good way of getting your product recognised. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I suppose we were, we were, we initially started with the products in 2017 and we were, I suppose, going around locally there in Cork there, maybe to 10 or 12 stores there for, for the first two years and that. And I suppose we were looking for an opportunity to move to the next level, I suppose, really. And I suppose at the end of the day, it, it, it's a volume game and, you know, it, um, margins are small and I suppose the, the secret then is probably to get the, the volumes up. Like, so we say with the Growth Aldi programme, then offered a, a national opportunity, I suppose, to, to hit the national audience and I suppose to get into 142 stores pretty much, you know, overnight, to be honest, and that opportunity came up and we we done the trial with him there uh, last June bank holiday weekend. This was we were so successful in the trial and after that then we, we got a six month listing there after the trial and it was on the back of getting that six month listing then we actually went away and spent the money and put in the investment at home to upgrade our facility and put in equipment and that there to be able to meet the volume. So it was a great opportunity and it was a it's a great confidence booster for us just to before, you know, before making that commitment and taking on that or that level of investment that um, it was good to get the commitment from Aldi that that dead stock is for six months and to be fair the first six months now have been, have been very good to us And what does this deal mean for the company now Kieran? where does it take you? Yes it is huge it just gives us that as I said that commitment and security and we have um, we have six Six staff there, local local people taking on. Like, and I suppose it's, it's a commitment there for them, and it's a commitment for for, from, for us as well that that we have an outlet for our product there for the next twelve months. And so also for us, it's the opportunity to grow our brand as well as really to an international audience. Like, and it's um, our product is different as well, and it's just innovative. Right? And that you know, and it, it offers people that nostalgic feel and taste there of a, say, a chip shop style chip that they can prepare in their oven at home. So, you know, good news all around for, from our point of view. It certainly is, and for anyone with an idea, your proof that it can work. What would your advice be to those people, Kieran? Yeah, exactly. Like we, as I said, I was kind of knocking on with it for a couple of years, and I was kind of say like that. Uh, I'll do it now. I'll do it next month. I'll do it next month. But I think just just go and do it. To be fair, like there's, there's great supports out there. As I said, different the enterprise board there are, are very good there, and some cars there they they were very encouraging at the start. Then and offer 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 great assistance there for us getting it off the ground and that and well, you, once you do it you know you can as I said there's nothing to lose and you just give it a go like this such and you can always say then you've tried it but living with the regret of not having tried it is probably a bigger a bigger thing than having tried it and failed you know so you, you probably have to put yourself out of your comfort zone and it's, it's not an easy road to be honest like it's, it's day and night to be honest there's, there's no escape it's you're always on it's a lot of hard work up till now and so you know we're kind of starting to see see the rewards and see the benefits and then hope hope that you're building something something that something bigger and every success to Kieran Kieran Wall of the White Case based Walls Honest Chips ICMSA are seeking a meeting with the new Minister for Agriculture Food and the Marine Minister Derek Caleri to highlight the need to integrate the dairy and beef sectors they will call for the Minister to bring in a scheme which will produce beef that is sustainable profitable and suitable for the marketplace the chairperson of the Association's Livestock Committee, Mr Des Morrison, has pointed out that over 60% of beef produced in this country now comes from the dairy herd and this percentage is likely to rise in future years. It is time, said Mr Morrison, to recognise the reality and begin to work at integrating the dairy and beef sectors to the benefit of both. Mr Morrison confirmed the ICMSA had raised the issue with the previous Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Minister Cowan. Integration of the dairy and beef sectors, Mr Morrison pointed out, would be beef production with massive potential and multiple benefits. 
the most obvious being the carbon efficiency of beef from the dairy herd. This fact must be recognised and we need to start synchronising these two systems. Mr Morrison revealed the ICMSA had developed and drafted a dairy beef scheme which the association believed would support dairy beef producers, improve the quality of beef coming from the dairy herd and benefit the beef farmer and the wider Irish economy. The scheme, he said, would see farmers receive €150 per beef-sired dairy calf, divided into two payments, €75 on receipt of weighing records at 6 to 12 months, and another payment of €75 at slaughter. The difficulties in the beef sector have all been well documented, and we know better than anyone that we need to maximise the return from all elements and all aspects of the sector. Dairy beef production has considerable potential and a support scheme from the government is not only justified in its own right but would also deliver for the rural and wider economy. The ICMSA, he said, was earnestly hoping now that our new Minister for Agriculture, Minister Dara Kaliri, would see the benefit, logic and undeniable benefits of implementing such a dairy calf scheme. Part of a statement there from the ICMSA Livestock Committee Chairman, Mr Des Morrison. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. We continue this week's Farm Talk with a call from the Heritage Council for project submissions from County Cork for National Heritage Week. An award scheme will be run for each county participating this year. It will run from August 15th to 23rd. Because of restrictions and gatherings due to COVID-19, projects should be developed around the theme of heritage and education, learning from our heritage. Awards have been expanded to include the best project in each county, including County Cork. For further information, visit heritageweek.ie. Susan Casey is Dairy Gold Area Sales Manager south of Cork City, and we're discussing current nutrition on dairy farms and how best to avoid the midsummer production slump. So, Susan, how can farmers limit the reduction? So, the, the main thing that farmers need to do now, really, is just to assess where the herd is. So, look at the volume, protein and lactose at the moment and see where they stand. And then, for the volume, you need to be seeing um, how much they're declining. You don't want any more than 2% per week or 10% in the month. If, if this drop is, is greater, you, need, you, you have an energy de- um, deficit that needs to be filled. Similar with your protein, that should start to, to increase now as your volume decreases. Um, and it's important, especially now towards the end of this month, if that starts to plateau a bit, you, you, you're lacking energy there. Um, and and you, need to, you need to take action now to, to make sure you get that increase that you should be getting. And, and your lactose, that is probably one of the most important to look at. Um, go and see last year and even previous years, had you any issues September, October, um, where you had very low levels. Um, if so, now is the time to take action. Are you higher or lower than this time last year? And if so, you need to, to bring energy into the diet. So if you are noticing that drop um, uh, is greater than that, you need to put in energy. The cow needs um, greater energy. So the first place to look is your grass. Is the cow, number one, being allocated enough grass? Um, you're looking for kind of 17 kgs of dry matter. Um, and what covers are they going into if, if cows are going into excess covers so greater than 1400 1600 
um, they're going to have lower digestibility, lower energy, and they're also going to be able to take in less of that. So you have a poorer quality feed and they're actually taking in less of it. So you need to take action there and, and substitute with concentrate if you can't correct your grass. Is it beneficial to increase the kgs of ration at this time? And if so, like those, the payback, is, is this worthy of uh, the cost of the extra feed at this time? You need to be looking at the, the covers that you're putting cows into. If they're excess, you're not going to be able to get the intakes from those cows that they require. Um, so you will, you will need to put in concentrate. Um, look at the actual yield the cows are doing. Um, there is a big difference between if some a cow was doing 25 litres versus even 28 litres. So th- it is really important to, to look at your own herd. Don't be looking around at neighbours. Are they feeding or are they not feeding? Um, for example, if you had a cow doing 28 litres and she was going into the correct pre-grazing covers, you only need one and a half kgs of concentrate. If you're putting her into very heavy covers, you're going to need around three to four so there, there is a big difference. So you need to look at your own cows, look at your grass, the quality and the amount you have available and, and take it from there. Um, and also the benefit of the, the minerals as well. There is certain minerals you're not going to get the full requirement from the grass. So you will be getting that and also your calmag. And what should farmers be doing with the grass at this time, Susan? It's really important to, to be walking it weekly. With this kind of weather, it's very grotty. You probably need to do it maybe two or three times a week and just try and create a wedge so you have a good idea of the grass that's coming up and even for the next couple of weeks, you can plan ahead. Um, you want to be putting the cows into the, that um, 14 to 1,600 um, covers again. Um, you don't want them to be going into excess. You won't get the, the production from them. If, if you have surplus um, paddocks and you see it coming, um, try and take it out for bales or put it to maybe um, cattle if you have it but you just you don't want cows going into those heavy covers because um, they're, they're not going to be able to graze down and you're not going to get the production from it and you'll be carrying over a lot of um, semi-dead material then. We see some farmers still going out with the topper now is this a dated practice or is there still a place for this on the farm? Ideally, you'd be rather you'd rather if the cow could do the work and and graze down. But I suppose it's not always it's not always possible to do. Especially if you would have a, a higher yielding cow, she's not going to be able to get all her requirements from the grass. So if you force her to graze down to that level, you'll restrict her, and you'll actually you'll see it in the tank. Her her production will be affected. So in in that case that you are better to go in and, and top the paddock nearly than, than force her to, to graze down. Um, if for whatever reason they, they can't get the paddock grazed down, you are better really to just go in and top it to clean it out because if you leave any of that, that um, plant there, you're just going to have stemmy dead material for the next round and you won't have the digestibility or the quality in the grass that you need. And finally, Susan, can I just ask you, the current weather conditions, a help or a hindrance at this time? But to be honest, it's so localised, you wouldn't know what way it's going to go. Um, if some lads are looking for rain, and in my own area here, there's a lot doing second cut, so they're probably happy enough the rain might stay away. And I think there, there'll be a lot um, going cutting winter barley, I'd say, next week, so they're probably looking for it to stay away. But the ground is quite dry in places, so... 
it, um, it, it could do with a drop of rain. Susan Casey, Dairy Gold Area Sales Manager, south of Cork City. Farmers are being reminded they should respond without delay to any query notifications they might receive regarding their basic payment scheme, BPS application for 2020. The Department of Agriculture is currently processing applications for the 2020 BPS basic payment scheme and they point out, as in previous years, this could entail queries being sent to farmers in order to complete their application for payment. The department reminds farmers to respond promptly to any notifications they receive regarding their application. A prompt response, they point out, helps the department to progress these issues in advance of the October 16th, 2020 payment date. In previous years, all such query notifications were issued by post. However, in 2020, a certain amount of query notifications will only be issued via email to a farmer's approved agricultural advisor or by text message to farmers who've signed up to the department's SMS service. Those not signed up or who have not authorised an advisor will continue to receive postal notifications of any queries. This change will help to ensure the department believes that BPS applications can be processed in an efficient manner as the department continues to respond to restrictions imposed by the COVID-19 situation. Should a farmer receive a notification, full details can be accessed on the agfood.ie system used for applying for BPS. Farmers who wish to contact the department in relation to a notification can do so by phoning the direct payments helpline at the following phone number 076 106 4420, where a member of staff can advise on the matter. Where a query is not responded to, any follow-up inquiry will be issued by post. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony and thank you for listening. Farm Talk on C103. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.